0: For some of you, it's your first time. For others, it is not. But for today, I would like to welcome you all to Epic Realms. welcome to epic realms my name is nick and with me today is creative director and founder of leader games patrick leader how are you doing i'm good how are you i am excellent it's nice to talk with you i I really wanted to get somebody who's who's in the now when it comes to board games and you are the one that's in the now and uh you, you you just released uh, and we're doing stuff with Oath, and mm-hmm. uh, it's had great reviews. Uh, obviously, you have Vast and and Root, and those are all just fantastic, super popular games, and I am glad that you were able to join us today. Wow, thank you. <laughs> so oh, you're welcome. <laughs> when, when, did, <laughs> when did you first get into board games? I'm assuming you were a kid and played board games, yes?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Cole and I talked about this today, because we were talking about what the core of like what we wanted people to feel when we when they're playing our games and so i talked a lot about playing games as a kid so i yeah i'm in my 40s and so i was gaming in the 80s and uh my family uh you know it wasn't like a big like wasn't a big gamer family or anything but they we played clue and monopoly and sorry and things like that in life when i was young and um uh right away i took life and like no one liked playing it because it's yeah, it's you just roll a die and something happens to you and you pay some money. So I started doing, I started playing around with it, like, early, you know, just, like, changing it. And then I started, like, making little war games with my, like, Legos and stuff like that. And uh, and I didn't even know what a war game was. So I just was like, well, these are tanks and they roll a die to hit each other, you know, because we played Risk. So, right. so, so, I started, so I started doing stuff like that um and uh i didn't really you know so like euros was kind of like not a thing yet but there was survive which i think is a euro and there was Acquire, which um is definitely heavier than than uh than the others so i played that and um and then uh i, I bought at a garage sale a milton bradley game called masterpiece which okay. is a art auction game um that still has roll and move you still move around a board but then like the spaces are like start an auction or get money or sell a painting or you know and stuff like that to get more money and um you know, that kind of got me that kind of got me thinking about it so um things really took off i started playing dnd in junior high maybe a little bit earlier and uh because i stole my brother's copy of the basic dnd set and turned playing it when he lost interest and uh car wars we also played a lot of car wars Car Wars, i haven't
0: heard that title in a while holy cow (laughs) nice that's Uh, a reference i'm gonna give you bonus points for
1: it's shipping right now i'm pretty excited yeah we were and we were pretty like we were pretty die hard like we'd get it's like you know like we'd make friends like if the car Wars with them and we would get you know like four or five or six people which in junior high was cool um playing car wars at one time and uh and then slowly, slowly scaled up from there. So, but then, uh, really what, what sank board games or made them work for me was, um, in, uh, like 1991, 92, somewhere in there. Um, we would used to come up to the twin cities. Uh, I lived in Owatonna, which is south of the twin cities, but in our South, and we would come up like once every couple months to shop at game stores because we, you know, we didn't have access to a game store. And then, um, on the way up, we were talking about what do we do when everyone can't show up for a role-playing game and we have to uh, blow a session. So um, I bought Cosmic Encounter from Mayfair, which was kind of the only board game board game in the shop at that time. And um, brought that edition home and played the hell out of it. Uh, we, my senior year of high school, I would say I averaged two games of Cosmic Encounter a day um so yeah (laughs) uh maybe one a day but like there were some days we'd play a lot and then you know if i was working we wouldn't play but yeah after after school so did that kind of
0: stuff interfere with with real you know with your real life stuff with school and and things like that yes did it affect grades or like skip school to play board games (laughs) i wasn't the best student
1: uh we didn't we never skip, but we would just we just get together after after school and play play a couple of games um and then uh, you know, Richard Garfield put out, of course, put out magic around that time. And then um I didn't play magic, but I was following him, and then he made um Robo Rally, which is uh another great game. So those are my basically my first two games, board games that I owned. And yeah, I kind of love Robo Rally. Yeah, yeah. That's it's uh I, I really like it. Uh I think the new boards are a little uh, little little milk toast compared to the the old ones are just brutal. And I think. Right. Like, well, one of my birthdays in college, uh, like probably my second year of college, we played eight players on. We just were like, well, play a quick game we World Rally at like 11 p.m.
0: Quick game, <laughs> air quotes, or quick game. Quick game.
1: <laughs> and we only, were like, two flags. That's, that should be short. And we ended up playing for like four or five hours because uh, on one board, because we just could not. We put the second flag in just this impossible position and it took all night to hit it. So um, three people in the game had all of the option cards um out of the deck and so they were just these tanks rolling around blowing each other up and i happened to get the arm that lets you tag from another space yeah and i was like i won because of that i'm like wow what a what a miracle i got that (laughs) end of the game (laughs) before everyone was just churned to death by these robots with all the features um so yeah uh but then um uh, like in ninety five, ninety six, somewhere in there, ninety seven. Um, I had a friend who studied abroad in um, Austria or Germany, Kim not And he came home with uh, German edition of Settlers a Go and that you know that. I was going to wonder if the...
0: Settlers was going to get mentioned. That seems to be a lot <laughs> the... of people's like gateway into going yeah. from Monopoly and Risk and Scrabble to the kind of board games we're talking about
1: yeah that that really opened the door after that um and uh and so yeah and so then i then i started picking up you know like you know of course it was like Puerto rico that you know kind of the touchdowns mm-hmm. power grid and and slowly opened more and more doors for me so but yeah yeah, you the know, settlers was the we used to play man i want to be in my 20s again because we used to you know just hang out inside our afternoon and
0: yeah, do like little, we do like a little real life as much
1: yeah we'd get like eight people together and play like two tables of settlers and then we would like do winner's table and loser's table so we'd have like a little you know tournament wow, nice in a, in a saturday afternoon and now i think i was excited to play one game this weekend so <laughs> and
0: you didn't get like you didn't get into like designing and running your own company like you went into to doing it work that's what you went to work yeah yeah and yeah. started doing as well so how did you how did you decide, hey, you know what, I'm I'm done. This is it. I don't want to do that. I, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know. And I'm guessing it wasn't just like, look, guys, I'm not doing this, but I'm doing this now. It's And it's all set. And I'm I'm a made man.
1: Every, everything's good. Yeah. No, it was not that easy. So I recently read um, Annabelle Holland uh, from Holland Spiels. Like, she posted this thing about, like, how it was just, like, she was in a car accident while parked, somebody ran into her at like 40 miles an hour and and destroyed her car. And like, literally she said, after I looked at the car, I could not believe I had walked away from that accident, almost unscathed. And um, she went into work the next day and quit her job. She was like, that's, life is too short, I'm done. Like, and I don't want anybody to go quit their job, but you know, it was just like, Wow, the boldness of that move. Right. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so I, I left college and um, I had a summer job working in the data center for the college I was at the, the year before. And after I graduated, basically my boss from that job came to me and said, why don't you send in a resume? We're looking for a programmer right now. And so I did, and I even made three spelling mistakes in my resume. I had no idea what I was going to do post-college. I was just, I was like terrified of, of college ending because I was just like kind of like just doing whatever I wanted all day, including design. I yeah. did some design back then. And, um, you know, college ended and I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I can't just find a job. I have to find a job that I like. And so i applied for that and i got it and i was like well this would be cool for a year i'll just do this and um did it for like two and a half years there and um got sailed right in it was it was, it was tricky it was the transitioning to being an office person was challenging but I, I got through it like i just was so used to be having so much free time and then it was something like you're doing something all day and um eventually uh left that where am i going with this why am i talking oh how i got in it yeah and so <laughs> um yeah and so i did that for two and a half years and then um uh, my brother's accounting firm needed someone to, to develop some software for them so i left that job and went and work for him and that was really when like you know the, the like yeah it wasn't just like making reports for people i was i was developing some stuff for them and uh so i did that and yeah and just kind of stayed in it for um Gosh, like sixteen years, maybe fifteen years yeah. of, of IT work, and uh, yeah, and the whole time. So, like in two thousand, I was working for my brother's firm. I um, I had a friend visit, and the friend was he was he had skipped two grades, and and he was a bit younger than me, and so he was kind of just hanging out, not going to college during that time, and he had been playing games in irc and running games on irc so he had designed a bunch of role playing systems and then he came and visited me and he's like i want to make a board game and i'm like cool and so he made a board game and like that week while we were just hanging out together and i just played video games or whatever and it was fun it was what we used to do as kids yeah and um and i i was like like we started playing and i was like this game is really hard and a lot of pieces but I didn't realize you could just make your own games, you know? Yeah. And so I like started working on my own games at that point. And uh, I had probably about four or five designs by 2005 that I had been working on. And that's about the time I got the job for my last job. And um, I'm not going to say where it worked. <laughs> we'll be we'll be nice. We'll be generous. Yeah. And, and so I started sending out uh, designs during that time. And I started like, trying to figure out how to save up enough money to publish a game myself and uh got once i got one nibble i ended up selling a game called um five-fingered severance Dominion games who published it back in 2011 and that was pretty mixed results <laughs> it's got a i think it's below a five rating on bgg it looked like uh, it was it would,
0: like a five six today when i saw yeah it it yeah so, yeah
1: it's for, it's pretty bad. Um, it's too bad. I, they, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of the dad. James Mansey passed away a couple of years ago, but, uh, they had made some changes to the game right before I went to publish publishing. And I don't know if they helped the design and maybe there was no helping the design. Um, but I learned a lot from him about how to publish. And that was the important part. Um, so a couple of years later, uh, um, my my problem is I just didn't know how to manufacture anything, and I didn't have the time to learn it, and I didn't have the money. And so when Kickstarter kind of got rolling, I thought, obviously this is cool. I can um, I backed a few games right away, and yeah, uh, I think you know like initially like Alien Frontier was kind of the big like, oh they did ninety thousand dollars, you know like woo <laughs> like <laughs> you could you could manufacture a game for that, and uh, and so like. After Minion Games, another person had published with Minion Games, you know, you would come on like every couple of weeks and say, "You need to just publish something, just just publish something. Like, don't worry about if it's good or not. Just start publishing and get and learn how to do it." And I was like, "Well, I really want a game that's gonna make a you know land well." So right. So uh, so right around that time, um, I had my wedding. At my wedding, I designed a game that was handed out at the at the wedding. Uh, to the guests, it was too expensive to make for everybody, so there's only a few copies of that game, and uh, that was Trick or Treat. And Trick or Treat, I uh, kickstarted. Uh, boy, was that 2013? I want to say somewhere in there. And um, well, I should have eleven.
0: Is what Board Game Geek has it listed as 2011? Oh no! But the, it's not like they're always right.
1: Yeah, no, that's why well, I mean I put it on there. It was at my wedding in 2011 so that's gotta be that part's gotta be right. I'm just wondering the Kickstarter was, I have this on my hard drive. <laughs> um, so actually it's in Google Drive. Uh, funded November second, 2012. Oh, okay. um, so I, uh, so I, I did this little two deck card game. Uh, it only had $3,500 which was kind of a godsend, because, as I tell people. Um, it was only going to cost 3000 bucks, 6,000 bucks to print. And it wasn't like if I bounced a bad print run and had to like restart over, like I could do that for my own savings. It wouldn't yeah. be great, but I could do it. And at the time my wife was working and, um, we were making pretty good money between the two of us. So it wasn't like, I was like super panicked about it. And it came out perfect anyway. Uh, like there's literally been, I've never received a comment that like I need to replace this or how can I replace this deck because there's a mistake. Like well, that's just... always a good
0: thing to have.
1: Yeah, yeah. The quality control is really good where we, we printed, and and the and the game itself is fine. And it, you know it's it's a double deck card game about trick or treating, so it is spectacular. But um, but it really allowed me to learn the process of printing, of selling, talking to distributors. Um, which I, I don't think I ever went into distribution, but, but at least I like started making those connections right. and how to get the games in the retail and like, and just to be like, just to know how to ask for money and how to know to go to a retailer and say, I want you to buy this thing to sell in your store. Um, yeah. all, all started to come, come together. Yeah, that's um, that's
0: gotta be hard before distribution, you know, before. Even... Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just have to call stores. We used to do that with Vast, uh, our sales team would just call us stores and all day and ask them if they wanted to buy Vast. Um, And now we just, now it's all distributors. Um, And so, uh, yeah, and so after that, I was working on a game called Dungeon Fortress, which I'm back to work on right now, which is what my studio project is. And around that time, I was, I I was, I tend to shotgun out a lot of ideas and work on a lot of things at once. And I was working on a, I've been working on a couple of different dungeon themed games. I was working on a tiling game about building a dungeon where the players like go it's kind of like carcassonne but you're building rooms and then you can put monsters in them and then so your turn is either placing monsters putting down a tile or like going adventuring through the dungeon like so you can kill the other players monsters and uh i was having a discussion with the person that was doing the graphic design for me about how to build that map and it wasn't going well for me and uh, so i went to look and on BDG, I was just like, well, surely someone else has made a tiling dungeon game uh, as at some point, and so I went looking at BDG, and I didn't find anything like that to like show to this person as evidence that the way I was going to do it was was right. Uh, but I did find this game called Trove, and um, Trove um, was spectacular, and. Um, was an asymmetric game about uh, a hero and a monster and an army trying to all fighting inside of a dungeon, which could be played. Right. And was very like there was two versions of it back then. One was very simple, a very elegant black and white layout. The other one was his like uh improved version. And um, I came to him immediately and said, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I know more than most people. Right. And I for sure think that this game needs like I don't like I don't care if I help you find a publisher this game needs to be published but I'd like to be that publisher. Yeah. And and so I, I came to David and did that and So um, I have a
0: question for you. Yeah, you, yeah mentioned, you mentioned you mentioned asymmetric, you know, it's an asymmetric game. Can you explain what what you mean yeah. by that? Cuz <laughs> you know, cause not everybody knows what an asymmetric game sure. is compared to another game.
1: Yeah, my brother, uh, my brother who does some business uh, management consulting, he's like, is always like, stop using that term in public. I'm like, all right, fine. Uh, but for the hobby gamers, it works really well. Like it's right. like it's like an attractive thing to say, but for most people, it's it's silly. So what what Vast and Root do to some extent is that um, the characters all play a very different part in the game and play a very different set of by a very different set of rules with each other that interacts in a way that builds that relationship into the game. So uh, one of the characters in Vass is a knight who's hunting a dragon, and she um, has to place cubes on a board to describe how her piece is gonna move on that turn. And the dragon plays cards out of his hands and is trying to get treasure and explore the cave. Meanwhile, the goblins are playing kind of this press your luck game where they're trying to get more and more troops onto the board and and so on. And the cave is essentially playing a tiling game, right? With, with, with its own, with the map. And, and that was, you know, the other thing that was cool about it too was, so it did two things for me, one of which is like, first of all, the cave is like, that's a killer marketing. Like you get to play as the environment and like people, when I talk about it, people light up you know, like, whoa, that's, that's awesome, you know, and I, it's been out for a fu- couple of years, so maybe not as much buzz, but, but, uh, but, you know, I would, I'd be like, well, here's all the roles in the game, and then, you know, the fourth player is this, is, is the environment itself, and you're trying to crush everybody, and a lot of people really, that really resonate with me, like, a few people, dragon, like, you're like, ooh, dragon, but then you get to the cave, and it's, it's pretty exciting, so I did that, and then the other thing it does to me, for me, is that it takes all of the, like, story elements of the dungeon crawl. And right. instead of having one player do all the things for everybody, else make the map, be the monsters, whatever, it takes all those parts of the story and distributes them among the players and in a way that you can be heroic and villainous in the same in the same you know depending on how your perspective on that role is. And I really liked that all of the roles together like built the story together and I, and I really like that narrative. Yeah, um, so I made that offer and um, uh, I was exhausted that summer. I think that was the summer of 2014. I, I had a one-year-old at home um, and, and I was still working in Dungeon Fortress and then he came, you know, and I like, wrote him right away and I said, can you, do you want to work on this? And he said, well, I got other publishers interested that have been, that have more experience and so I'm going to see if they're They're gonna gonna wanna publish it, but I'll talk to you after that. And I was like, I will help you write your, like, you know, I'll help you with your sell sheet. I'll help you with your pitch. I just think that this game needs to get made. So I started helping him. And then after about five months um, of working with him on getting various publishers interested, nobody was playing it. And, you know, and it's, I mean, I've had a prototype on my desk for 10 months. So I know, I know how it goes. And I, um one November night, I was coming downstairs just to get some water or something after I'd fallen fallen asleep. And David uh, Somerville Designer Vast had sent me uh, an email that, you know, like after I went to bed and and it was weird because I usually don't go to bed early but I just, that night I was like, go to bed, I went to bed early. And I saw the email from him and I literally had to study myself like on a table like as I walked out through the kitchen. And uh he had said, let's do it. You're the only person of the three, three publishers. There's three other publishers like you that were just one game working out of their house that had contacted me. And of all of them, you were the one that kept helping me. Um, after even even knowing that there was no hope of economic reward for helping me. Right. And uh and so yeah, so we started that relationship. And then I got it. Um it's hard to say sometimes I regret changing it like the kid the design he handed me his revised version was a little bit too complicated but sometimes I I look at like the original black and white version of it and I think is there just a very elegant like simple euro version of vast that could have been done um, but I did I, I revamped it and made a lot of changes to it to streamline it and make it work better um, and he agrees like he was you know he wasn't sad about those changes at all and uh well i look really i'm starting to like wash out here with the sun going down let me turn on you my lights it. real quick
0: <laughs> no problem and for those listening thank you for listening and joining us here on the podcast it's very much appreciated all of you while patrick steps away and comes back uh, i want to appreciate your time uh, you can make sure to check them out at leadergames.com uh, they're on twitter and facebook and all over the place you can check them out also if you're watching the live stream there's a little link down below you can click and that'll bring you to uh their uh website and uh or amazon page with all of their games as well so welcome back
1: yeah thank you (laughs) no problem Uh, sorry sorry about that that's all right uh yeah and so um i started working on it and at the same time i had been i received trick-or-treat and i think it was a year before and i'd mailed that out to reward the kickstarter backers and so we were just like, I was still like going to work and like about once a week, I would have to like assemble an order at my desk at work over lunch and put it in the mailbox downstairs from my office. And so I was still selling trick-or-treats pretty regularly, but just, uh, I was starting to get more and more serious about game design and I was working on Vast and, um, wasn't doing super well
0: at work anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. So you had already started your, you had already started your the company basically right yeah 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 totally. and so you yeah, were was... you were burning your candle at both ends trying to you yep. know do the board game thing and work at your job and obviously yeah, and one I... was more of a passion than the other
1: yeah and i would uh like i remember like getting to sunday night and my wife would go to bed around nine and i would stay up until one um just like i was like i gotta get all the design i can get done every sunday night and i work and work and work on work it and uh yeah and it was it was getting tough and i was working you know i was working on a couple projects and then VAS came in and i was working on that uh and so like um february of 2015 i um or maybe march 2015 it's getting a little blurry in my mind now um <laughs> that's what age
0: happens to us
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and age and time and i um yeah i had a we had a conversation where i was working and they were like, maybe your passion doesn't lie here anymore, and I was, was a nice way to put it, and right. uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'll leave. That's fine. And so I left, and it was tough. It was uh, it was a very hard uh, year ahead of us. Um, we had some savings. My wife had been working since we had the baby, um, and uh, I got a little bit of money uh out of you know uh, out of where it worked um and i you know i still had my savings like like our 401k so it wasn't like we were gonna like have a problem but um yeah so i started working on the game full-time while i was looking for a job and um kind of like landed on a job like i I found a temp job that actually paid much better than i had been making at the previous job and so i started i was like well i can do this for six months and basically fund another year of design yeah. if i need to yeah and so i started doing that and um and then like the game was getting better and better we play testing it in the background the whole time it's getting better and better i played it five times the first 48 hours i had it on my desk and
0: so tell us about play testing when, when you've got a game out and you're designing a game yeah like is it just you know a handful of you and friends doing it or is it like you know, do, do, does it, do you feel like it's work or does it feel like you're just playing a game and having fun?
1: <laughs> Never. Uh, so when we started play testing vast, I made a bunch of changes and regretted it. And then I had to fit them all back together. And, uh, I played a lot of games. I've, I've played probably by the time we got, by the time when the game was published, I'd probably played 400, 500 games of Vast. And the, like the big chore for me was like, that get the goblins right which i still like i could argue that they're not right um they're very complicated i think like i if i redesigned them now I, I would know better um so i uh yeah i would i would play like i'd play like, 10 games in a night by myself No just knight versus goblin until like I make small iterative changes until i got the right loop that i wanted and and like the dragon went through like probably eight, eight major revisions before I got to I landed on where the dragon was but yeah for the most of the time though I was playtesting with friends would come over on you know Wednesday nights and then, like because that was when our regular gaming was and I'd play and sometimes on Saturday I'd scrap my role-playing group and we would we would turn that into a vast playtesting right and, uh, and then other times but I you know and I, I got pretty good at playing it alone so that would that helped out a lot um,
0: so do you just go and be like, I got some like extra tokens from other games, or do you like actually get the thing, oh, like, no, the figures no. and everything, or whatever the the board produced, yeah. and then test it that way? Yeah, yeah. Because so I've seen I, some um, play tests where they're like, they just have playing cards and they just have a stick a, a post-it note on there and they write it, and then you know a year later they've got a fully published game.
1: Oh, or, or there's a chart. You hand someone a chart and you say, if you have the ace of diamonds it's gonna be this and then you are constantly referencing that chart uh yeah maybe do some of that like vast came to me cooked enough that didn't have to do any of that um so what i did was i printed all the pieces uh the original vast is uh, a network of tiles that form a cave and so um when i made that set i made double-sided I, I just recently recycled them. I wish I could hold one up right now. I just printed, you know, two-sided. You should paper. sign them
0: and sell them on Etsy or <laughs> so, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Original, original prototype item for collectors.
1: And I stapled them together, and they were awful. And, uh, but, and then they slowly got better and better. Like, the next time I made a full map, I put it on cardboard. The next time I... For Gen Con, when I went to Gen Con to promote it back in 2015, um, I put it on foam core, and I was cutting the foam core tiles out at like three in the morning like the wednesday of gen con and then we got in a car and drove to gen con and then you know i was playing it the next day and i feel so bad because the table i played it on um was in the indie game alliance booth and i um it was one of those fancy like the table was there to like demo and it was one of those fancy gaming top tape you know like top the tables we put on your dining room table or whatever to have a little tray and the felt and the foam core kept leaking little bits of styrofoam all over the all over the felt so I was, <laughs> like, I
0: was
1: like oh i'm sorry and the guy kept coming over and vacuuming it in front of like staring daggers at me while he's vacuuming it and uh you just uh, tell, like,
0: oh, tell him you had job security with because of you or
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's right yeah so um yeah and so and that was that was kind of a funny part of the story is i got that job and then i was like immediately like um their contract job and I immediately turned around i was like i gotta go to gen con to sell this thing i'm trying to sell um yeah so play testing yeah you just get a bunch of people together you write feedback uh you make changes i'm probably not the most disciplined person about feedback i know that cole uh sometimes can set up a whole rubric for himself and then and then study like you know uh reports as they come in and then i um just slowly started expanding that group i started going to the source which is our local game store and I suppose maybe not local to you. Uh um and targeting going to the source to play test, I started going to I started sending out sets to play test with and started getting more feedback. The problem with playtesting a game like Vast remotely is that it was changing so fast that by the time I got a copy to somebody, it may not be useful anymore because mm-hmm. it may have changed. So I was I was a bit of frustration with that, and I, I've learned some discipline there now. Yeah, so I... Um... So
0: Vast was kind of like the building blocks for the rest of, you know, Oh yeah, how you yeah. were going to do stuff down the road. Yeah, like, you, yeah, it was. went it through was the tough. gamut. It wasn't, obviously, it wasn't easy to, no, to go no. through that. A lot of people don't get that, that it's not easy just to whip up, a, a, to come up with the idea of a board game, but B, to actually put it together, even if you don't plan on publishing it. Like, there's trials that you have to go through. Yeah,
1: yeah and and the fact that you're working another job and like just extra complicated right um so i um that september 2015 i walked into my boss's office um unfortunately just as i was starting to get used to the money of that contract job and thinking i could do this all year that's fine this could be my job it was paying a lot it was it was a six-figure number if if you if you stretched it out over a year and um but fortunately the company got sold and uh it was gone <laughs> wow. so i mean i i feel bad saying it that way because a lot of people didn't keep their jobs um but the job wasn't fun to work after it got sold, after the company got sold and so i uh, started to really hate it and then finally in september i walked in and i said i have been working on this project for over a year i'd like to kickstart it i'm gonna go take a couple of days off and get this thing started. I don't know what it's going to require of me. I might be back tomorrow. I might be back Monday. And my boss is like, nothing I can do about it. <laughs> See you later. And uh, I literally went downstairs. I was, it was in a 20 story office building. I literally went down to the second floor of the office building uh, onto the Skyway and went to a Caribou coffee, like the coffee shop in the cities. And went, just like walked in, set my computer up and started the Kickstarter. Nice. uh yeah yeah it was it was pretty crazy i like start like i push go and i started crying because i was just like what do i do now <laughs> right
0: you just watch it, and, uh, hope that
1: it yeah yeah you watch it and you hope and we made three thousand dollars like in 10 minutes and i was like wow this is this is pretty awesome
0: did you have videos on that or just pictures or what, what did you do for your program? oh yeah we did
1: we had a video on the first one okay. um i hired a professional voice actor there is oh, nice. uh who narrated it and then um uh who made the video itself i think my brother-in-law was doing some of my graphic design so he okay. just put together and put together the video from uh clip stills of it it's it's totally gotten better i don't really spend a lot of time and i don't like maybe i should should be more thoughtful about it but we don't spend a lot of time on our like uh our money on our videos because i right 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 i, well, I just I wasn't barely, sure what you know what you i barely for watch your them first for your first kickstarter because yeah you know, yeah yeah some well, people suckers. it's just like here's
0: mm-hmm. a you know here's a me with my you know not even cell phone back then i mean some people i guess might have had really expensive cell phones but yeah you know you, the, 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 uh, AHS, the yeah. digital camcorders or whatever
1: no no we just did it with we just did it in after effects with with images from the game um and it funded i actually did go back to work the next day because i was like well i actually need money and um it funded like sometime that afternoon and again i was just sitting at my desk and i felt so relieved I just started crying. Like I was in the middle of the bay with all the other programmers. <laughs> I was just My desk. Weeping. <laughs> right. um, and uh, I took off from there. So, um, I eventually quit that job. Like I was like, I got to the end of it and I was like, well, I, I mean, I, I gotta go work on this Kickstarter now and, uh, it, it was hard. I got a lot of like, I got a lot of like, concern from my family. They were like, this isn't a ton of money to live on. If you still got to produce this thing and, um, I was like, I, I, I gotta do it. And then we bounced. So I, I take one more contract job. And then I did that for four or five months. And that was great because at some point they were like, we need to cut your hours. And I was like, awesome. I, Yay. I, yeah. Yay. <laughs> and I was like, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do one better. I will, I will still come in and sit here. It was a tech support job. And they're like, if you need me, I'll bill you for that time. Otherwise we am gonna use his office the rest of the week. And they were like, that's fine so i started using that office to work out of nice. um yeah yeah and then well, that's, a, that's
0: that. a landfall right there to have an office to work out yeah and if they need you then you know you work and if yeah, they yeah. don't need you then you just get to use the you, they should have been charging you to use
1: the, <laughs> the office and so then I, I did that for a while and then eventually i got to the point where like um i was working so much that my my parents had kind of resisted me quitting my job the first time The second time we were on the phone at like 11 at night and I fell asleep while I was talking to them and they were like, it's time to quit your job, like it's time to to go back and do this and and it's some I mean even like, even within a month of me quitting that job, I ended up having to hire people because I was like, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed right now. So that was uh that that second job was during the second kickstarter i ran the second kickstarter for vast during it because we did like the kind of the reprint thing and how many
0: expansions does vast have uh
1: so it has the yeah so the second kickstarter came with um the fearsome foes which just added three more characters to the lineup so you and you could play just like a variant for seven or eight player i'll be honest i've only played a few seven player games and uh i like the person who wrote the eight player rules has played the eight player game. Um, and I, I, haven't, I haven't, seen it being played much. Um, ah, am I a good <laughs> boss? I'll talk about that. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so, and then we made the miniatures for all the rules. And then, uh, while I was working at the, that first contract job on the way home, one day I designed vast and mysterious manner. Like I just was, cause I knew what I wanted to do was make Vast So that like, the roles would be interchangeable between the games, and you could just keep making the same pattern of characters one hero, one army, yeah. one monster, one setting. And I could keep doing that. And I, I actually have a diagram in my notes of like eight vast titles, which obviously we're not going to see at this point, but right. uh, if it sold a lot better, we would be seeing them. But it, it, it did well, but it didn't do that well.
0: And then was Root, um, was Root your next game then after that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. After that was Root. Um, and yeah. So Vast kind of Industries Manor will be published later. Uh, and that was, and then that has an expansion too. Yeah, so Root, um, we uh, we came back from a Gen Con and like kind of our second year after like the Vast was published and the release of Vast at Gen Con, like we sold, we had printed 5,000 in the first run and we printed, we sold 500 at that Gen Con. And, um, and then we got a nod from Tom Vassell on stage during the live broadcast that they do during the show. Okay, and I put five hundred on my website to sell, and those were basically gone by Wednesday after the show. So I nice. sold a fifth. I sold a fifth of the print run in about a week because of GenCon, and it was direct sales. So I made a lot of money on them. Um, yeah, so we brought you know we brought Vass the next show. We were working on other games, but we didn't have anything really to show for it, and it was kind of, it was a little embarrassing, frankly, because I got to that show. And um, we, yeah, I was like, I haven't done anything last year. I've been selling this stuff again, right? Um, And uh, and and doing that, doing that second print run work. And so I showed off the new roles from Pearson Pose, which was, you know, because I was doing the second basket sort of. But we got back from that show, and we were like, "Well, what do we do now?" And um, around that time, I was bringing Cole on to develop some other things, and uh, he's like, "I'm going to take a swing at this design." and so and we started talking about that design and started working on the design for root um and he uh you know probably that was the fastest i've ever done in my life we went from the end of gen con with basically having just kind of a sliver of a game that we had been working on to right. uh to kick it that october which is unheard of um and frankly like maybe the company's secret is that it was kind of a stone cold bluff because we were pretty far into the design, but we didn't, we, like, we weren't as finished as we are now. Like I've, I have scrapped games since then that were more finished than Root was when it was being kickstarted. So wow. as, uh, as Cole likes to remind me, um, <laughs> and I frankly like probably I would say ARX is further along than it was, than Root was when it was kickstarted. And then for sure when, I mean, um, for sure my game Dungeon Fortress is further along. So um, so it was a little scary, but we, you know, we got through. we a little bit late, right? I think we were a couple months late getting it to market. Um, and but it was popular. Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like that, you know <laughs> was kept that us going. Was that yeah. something
0: that was just exciting for you guys?
1: Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So we um so we ran that Kickstarter in the fall, like in October of I think that was 2017. Uh, I want to say, maybe. I mean. I have the chart open. I can just look again. <laughs> uh, so, yep, yeah, Root ended November 21st, 2017. We got it to the printer very quickly uh, after that. And they arrived in time for us to ship and then still sell, sell at Gen Con. And I was literally like, in fact, this shoulder still hurts to this day uh, when I do this motion. Little PT probably back then would have been good idea. Um, and I have re-injured it with a repetitive motion injury. But um, I um, we were there in the warehouse July of uh, that July um, right before Gen Con because August. you know, It's like being August, and um, that's 2018, and I was packing boxes like 2 days before I left for Gen Con. <laughs> And we had we had called for volunteers to come and help. And volunteers, I mean, we we paid temp workers to come and help pack uh, orders so we could get them all out before GenCon. We went to GenCon, and um, uh, boy, how many we brought? So many, um, a few thousand. And I thought we were like oh, way overestimating. Um, and it was it's interesting. The logistics of Gen Con are interesting to me because the first year i sold games or right? i didn't know what to expect and i brought 500 game, top, copies of vast and we got into the our booth and we are like we can't store 500 copies of this game in this booth right now like it's it's just physically not possible right so fortunately kickstarter had a booth elsewhere in the building and they took our inventory in their booth and Then we were shuttling it back and forth all day, which is actually, I think, against Gen Con policy to carry inventory through the through the through right a, the show during the day. But I do we anyway, won't tell anyone. Yeah. I, <laughs> if anyone from Gen Con's watching, just forget you heard that. Plug your ears it, la, la, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we, you know, the next the next time we were there, we were a little bit better, you know, we were better prepared. Right. And um I came in with um, I came in with. We came in with thousands and right. they were in a truck and the truck was docked at, at the, because you can rent, there's so many slots you can rent to put inventory into right. in a trailer for the rest of the weekend. And so we did that. We, you know, we, we bought like a share of one. We didn't buy, you know, obviously we didn't have yeah, that yeah, truck. Yeah. And, um, and so we were unloading every day. And that first day there was a lot of buzz because of when we shipped it, people were getting it, they're talking about a BGG and how exciting it was and i have video of a line that is a quarter mile long going out the back of our booth and wow. sneaking around the auditorium um and that that so that first day it's supposed us about 2000 because we made one hundred twenty thousand over the whole show um which is pays for the show okay. <laughs> and um that first that first hour though we sold probably 500 and i just i i mean it's literally we had four cash registers open, and we were just selling constantly for the first hour or two of the show. And that's and we good. Sold- I mean, yep. To, to, yep.
0: considering you know, for just before Vast, you were like, "Gosh, I'm working the two jobs. I don't know if we're gonna make this," or and then you're like, four registers at GenCon, and you're just like shucking yeah. out, content yeah, yeah. left and right. That's gotta be crazy. Was, it was uh, pretty good. So after Root, you did? Did you do? You did Fort after Root, right?
1: No, we did Vast the Mysterious Manor after Root
0: is that an expansion or is that a separate it's game? it's its
1: own standalone oh, and they can okay. expand vast the christmas caverns. so okay. like like that outline i was talking about it's the second one on the outline gotcha. um and it, it did okay we did like 500,000 600,000 on kickstarter um and the second vast campaign actually did quite well too if it like it's weird because if you compare the numbers to root like there actually was a similar amount of cash after you added in backer kit and things like that but um so that the first Root campaign, the second Root campaign was Bananas. Um, so we did, yeah, so we did Vast of Mysteries Manor, and then we did the, we did a second Kickstarter for the Root expansion, the one, I, the one uh, Underworld, and then, uh, and then we did Oath, and during Oath, we were doing uh, Fort with, with, uh, and we just we didn't kickstart earth. We just we just self-published it. Or yeah, I'm sorry, Fort. Did I say fort? Yeah, fort we just self-published. Okay. Uh, we, we provided the funds for it. And that's and like we took,
0: and if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I uh, from what I understand, you're you're building a fort, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're building I mean it's pretty it's a little bit more abstract than that, but yeah, you are you're a bunch of kids living in a neighborhood and you're building uh forts with um you, you build a deck and then the deck helps you build a fort up. yeah and that's just it's,
0: that's just fun that like that makes me feel like if i'm gonna play a game like that that makes me feel like a back being a kid building mm-hmm. a fort so and mm-hmm. you got the dogs and cats expansion coming out right yep
1: dogs and cats is coming out um right now i mean it's available in stores right now i just shipped and uh that was uh so basically we kind of concentrated like all of, like the the words <laughs> On the cards yeah. into cats and dogs and made them their own expansion and uh, <laughs> and some people are looking for a little bit deeper uh, yeah. Ford experience can can grab uh, cats and
0: dogs and add that yeah. to the deck so nice yeah so tell us about oath tell us tell us the concept of oath uh, <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing I I. After we had, you know, chatted, like I sent you a message and whatever, Mm -hmm. I actually got a pop up on my thing because I get I have a news pop up on my phone that just auto populates news, whether it's, you know, politics that I don't want to read or wrestling or whatever. And up and freaking a polygon. I get a lot of polygon stuff that pops up and it shows an article about oath. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be talking to him. This that's really cool. (laughs)
1: today i get i get i i it's great when i get my own feed is you know like patrick leader said blah 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 or cole Worley says blah 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 and i'm like well that's awesome um (laughs) yeah so oath is um oath is an interesting um there's a conversation that uh cole and i had coming back from that crazy gen con and um we we're in the front seat of the car we, last year we drove to gen con and we were talking about um how we were talking about a game that plays with history and a game um that kind of remembers the state of the game as you go as you go through the campaign okay or as you go through the games but i didn't want to i i was i'm kind of like a little bit of, i like i would get legacy camp games in terms of like if you destroy a component there's like a finality to that like you can't go back to the way things right. were and I, I i appreciate that but i also like think that games are too like it's a cultural item and i don't like the idea that you're destroying something that you've made right. um and so that's so i was, I was kind of talking about that and i Gosh, where did we go from there? Like I, I wanted to make a game, like I wanted to go back to like a game I was working on right on the time vast so came into my life and make this game about um, a kind of a person adventuring in an open world. And as they like did things to the world, it would change it for the next game. So if you help found a settlement, for instance, there would be a, a, a city in the next game there, you know, and so on. And, and, and he got talking about it, and he had a couple ideas from the tail end of Root that got cut out about like having, and, and I, I think these were things that he's working on earlier in his life, like, like in high school or even college, or like he was talking about um, having like one kind of centralized role that controls the flow of the game and a bunch of other players who are influencing that central power. And so he came up with this very abstract game. Um, and then he started working on oath and what would become oath. Um, and we had this really, he, he was working on it. He was talking to Kyle about art. And, uh, at one point I was like, we were in a meeting and I was like, why don't you tell us what the pitch for oath is. And at the time it was called warg, uh, like the, the Tolkien giant wolf. Yeah. And, uh, so he, he started this pitch. And Kyle like, started pitching with him, and they had not rehearsed it or talked about what they were going to talk about. And as Kyle said, the best way I can talk about that pitch meeting was it was like giving someone a high five in the dark. Because their pitches lined, it up, lined up so well without any planning, we were like, well, that's what we're making next. Like, I don't like, I don't like, like, here, here's paper, go, go work on it um and so that that became the pitch for oath oath then went through a lot of changes so obviously changed titles for starters and slowly moved to this system of like at first he'd had like whatever suits dominant would like control the victory conditions of the game and so like the demons wanted anarchy and order wanted like to build a a, a hierarchy of of errors and things like that um and then you know it started to morph and morph and morph until you get this game um about changing victory vision and, and the, the chronicle of history. So, um, yeah. And it was, I was busy like doing things like making benefits for people in the company yeah, and things like that. So I kind of was like, I'm going to step out of design for a bit and work more on the operation side of the company for a while. And so
0: how did that feel being, able to uh, be able to step away and go, okay, this is, <sighs> these are my these games for my company, but I can step away and I have people that I trust
1: yeah to, to do, do it this. yes it was very white knuckle for me and i'm still like a little nervous about it sometimes but it, it's i mean cole's a brilliant designer so i mean he's far better than i am so that's that that part was easy but like uh it also stung a little because i was like i got into this because i want to make games not because i want to like buy health insurance plans for people <laughs> right and and that's an important thing to do everyone likes that but yeah. i also like, it's kind of boring And so um, yeah, and so I I stepped aside, I've been, you know, and I've worked on other things. I mean, compared to Cole, I haven't designed as much as he has. So like the last couple of years for me have just been me relearning or teaching myself how to design anyway during work time. And so uh, yeah, and so it was, it was good to get away from it. And then let, you know, I could level up and he could, he could work on this design. So um, very cool. We didn't know how the audience was going to receive it at all. It is much, maybe not much deeper, I don't know. It's hard to like parse how you're winning, who's winning and how you're winning. And so um, I think we were just concerned that it was gonna bounce off audiences and we're gonna have a much smaller release than we did, but uh, it's not been true. Like we were, it's doing just fine. Like we've won a couple of awards already and the print runs are, um, they're very expensive, but, yeah you know, cuz it you know it's a $120 game so right it, it costs twice as much to print is you know really what that boils down to and and it's very heavy to ship and we did all that and and like i was like well let's print 30,000 and like we're which is bananas like we printed 10,000 roots with the first run and our biggest run of roots been 60,000 and that's selling quite well and so we did thirty thousand because I could drive the price down. The, that was kind of the magic point of the diminishing return was thirty thousand. And I we um like root, we basically sold it out before it arrived. So um so like they like the creative team was like, oh man, I hope we sell it thirty thousand And I was already like talking to operations about second print run, like so. Um and then I came in one day to creative and I was like, we're doing a second print run. Uh is there any changes you want to make? And and we didn't. We barely. We made a couple of typographical changes, and then start print the second run. And frankly, I think the third print run is already like it's already planned. Like we were, like we've already put money down wow. for it, so it's so nice. it's on its way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so I, it apparently, it's resonating pretty well. And the second print runs pretty leveraged. Like in terms of like, uh, I think the distributors would have put us negative if we'd allowed them to. So. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Uh- so you also, you role-play. We've talked about that yeah. in the past. How did you feel about having Root the role-playing game? You did, did a little collaboration uh, with um, Magpie? Mark Magpie and, um, oh my
1: God, I'm Magpie. Yeah, Magpie. Magpie is Magpie, yep. okay. Yep. Yep. I'm totally tell tell to us about how
0: say, hey, we, did, we got our own role-playing system after <laughs> yeah, growing yeah. up role-playing.
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I still actually, I still play D&D or something uh, weekly. And I'm still really into role playing as a, as a diversion. And um, quick
0: before you answer that, do you prefer to be a GM or a player?
1: Uh, I've GM for life. Yeah right. so, yeah. So the I've question been asked
0: when I find someone who G- to role plays it's like GM or player.
1: I, I have been so the last couple of years, I've abdicated most responsibility. I was running uh, I Stempty for uh, 13th age. and then when that ended, I said, you know, the company's so big now and I have another kid, I'm gonna let someone else DM for a bit. So, um, yeah, right now I'm playing a d game. I'm not running, which is relaxing. And I'm not playing a spellcaster, which is also like, I'm like, ah, sweet, it's my turn. I just roll the die, stand <laughs> and I hit something. And then I get to role play, like between combat. And I, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm just playing a straight up nice. fighter. It's funny because we're having a straight up fighter in that group for a while. And people are always like, man you hit really hard i'm like yeah that's like the point of this class yeah like (laughs) um then they're like i cast a spell and i'll do this i'm like yeah but i you know that's that's this this is the purpose of my character um i cast sword and it hits you in the forehead (laughs) and it hits you and it kills you and then i'm playing on a friend's homebrew campaign that's been going for almost five years we put on hiatus because of covid yeah and we've we recently got back together And uh, I were like one session away from the end of a five-year campaign. So um, that's been pretty exciting. Um, Yeah. So (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Root role-playing. I promise Um, I won't take
0: you off track again.
1: No, that's fine. So what did I, how did I even meet them? Um, Boy, they, they came to me, I think. And I, a couple of companies came to me, you know, and people kept saying, can you make a role-playing game in this environment? And I was like, I don't have the, I would love to write a role-playing game me personally that'd be fun i'd like to right. do that maybe that's how i'll retire but um i was just like i don't have the writing i no longer have the writing chops i wrote a lot in my 20s i was like i don't have that writing skill anymore so i'm not gonna be able to write a setting book for a full group like that's just not gonna happen and and i have a couple ideas for playing games i'd like to make anyway so like if i was gonna work in a role-playing game i'd rather work on this right. so i uh kind of shopped it around a bit and um I found Magpie who was interested in working on it and I was impressed with their work. Uh they sent me a sample of they basically sent me one of our reports in their catalog. And I like their work. Um and I knew that they're gonna go in kind of a powered by the apocalypse direction, which I think was hot at the time and still is pretty doing pretty well. And uh and so then they they start working on it. We've we've had, you know, we've had a couple of meetings between him and I since then, and then him and Cole meet pretty frequently and talk about talk about root, and uh yeah, they just started working on it and I was pretty hands off. We just get, you know, we just get a royalty from, from them. And, um, and uh, they, and they've been working quietly on it ever since then. And they're going to release it soon. Um, I think it's shipping pretty soon. And of course, you know, COVID has wrapped everything up for shipping, but uh, screwing everybody in the
0: gaming industry. We'll
1: see where they're at about a year and a half ago at Origins I played um I played a session with Mark and um he's like I just want to see you, I just want to show you where it's at and we played a game and I had a lot of fun I was really I was really enthralled with it and really really into it and uh that was we took a picture of the tape like he was like don't take any pictures of this because people on the internet will take it apart and <laughs> our intern at the time took a photo across the table with me playing and how happy I was and um he was like yeah go ahead and post that one and then people literally zoomed in like you know <laughs> it's me facing her and all the papers on the table in front of us and people were literally like drilling into that and like typing what they saw on the pieces of paper and I like this is ridiculous like just wait till the game comes out like you're gonna get like a quarter of like they may That's have funny. got a character sheet which helped you yeah. know help them figure out what was going on but um yeah that's a
0: good thing and a bad thing because i mean that's pr right there you you yeah yeah it was great you can't can't pay money for people to do that (laughs) right well i mean you could but
1: it'd be a a little weird if i did right um boy and they uh you know now they set the record for the um best rpg campaign right like they just because they just did avatar and avatar was like millions nine million eight million something something spooky like that um and so i was uh the avatar legends is that the we're gonna find out here we go okay 9.5 million dollars so Jeez. i hope that sh- that's gonna kind of change the tone of their company i mean that's more than all of our kickstarters combined and i've done pretty well off of those so i can't imagine i can't imagine how exciting it is for them so but yeah, they're gonna ship root and then uh, we'll see avatar for them that led to the joke in the office where i like as an older person would be like Oh, everyone's excited about Avatar. I'm going to get the Avatar license for board games, and then they come back and say to the office, "Good news! I got the Avatar license." And then it turns out it's the James Cameron uh, <laughs> <laughs> blue people Avatar. <laughs> so everyone in the office is like, "Yay!" And then they're like, oh. "Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we got to
0: make it now." So you so. have a current project that you're working that you're yeah. working on, and you just yeah, I, I was told before we came on. That this is an <laughs> unnamed project, but it now has a name. You yeah announced yeah. that. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So, so of course we're working. So right now, kind of the dream of the studio was that we would develop three development tracks that I could push projects into, and that hasn't quite worked yet. We have three development tracks now, uh, but it's still me working on my own games. I'm not pushing uh, games into into tracks. So a couple years ago, we ha- uh, we signed a game called Hyperlate Drifter. Drifter? No, that's the video game. Hyperlight Smuggler, Hyper Drive Smuggler. I don't know what it was called. And uh, okay. that um, that game has been... Like the guy who sold it to us was like, no, I don't I don't care what you do with the theme. I'm not connected to the space thing. And I was like, well, kind of colonized logic was if we're gonna work on the space game coming up, then um, we either have to make it in the same setting or do something original with it. And we had a long discussion about what we we're gonna do. And we decided that we settled on Ahoy. Which is so now it's kind of piratey themed, uh, and it was piratey anyway because one player is like two, one or two of the players are smuggling, and so um, so we did that, and um, and so we're working on that right now, and that's this, that's going to be our next title. That'll you like you sold small... me on pirates,
0: I'm pirates. Saying. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's better yet because the pirates are like mollusks, like they're animals, so it's it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited, but it's a little like it's a little diesel punk, a little post apocalyptic. So I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I played it today. And um that'll be like a 40 dollars game, I think, when it comes out pretty soon. And then um, yeah, this so one then uh, um last summer, so summer 2020, like during the uh during the pandemic, I was working on or right before the pandemic, I was working on um a space game called Void Lich, which was gonna be this kind of narrative uh forex game where the players are all fighting against this um alien power in the center of the map and, uh, who's died, like their emperor has died. And so the kind of the gal- galactic government has fallen apart and the players are fighting each other now for control of the galaxy. And, um, it just didn't quite land with the creative team. And so I, um, Cole said, can I take a swing at the steam?" Cause I would written like 20 pages of world building for it. And I was like, yeah, go right ahead. Uh, and so we kind of worked on it. We're, at first we we're going to work together on it. Uh, and then he um he just kind of took off with it i couldn't i couldn't keep up with him so i went to work on other projects cole, uh, kyle brought me a project that i started working on uh, that was just gonna be a fighting game i might come back to it but i didn't mind that either see i just needed more experience uh and so cole took off with this game and it slowly got less and less void lich and more and more cold space game and um and so then uh we decided to retheme it to arcs and um Work on that then. So he's working, on a, he's working. on a three to four player, uh, kind of in the. It'll be. It'll be simpler than root. It'll be easier to play than root, um, but the asymmetry comes out during the gameplay. So the players will kind of all start as the same sort of space empire, and then um, when you finish a game, you set up for the next game, and that'll be like your Your species will change some way. Your nation will change some way, and then um, you might. You might become the emperor of the galaxy and play a very kind of play kind of a chancellor style style role in the next game. Um, You can retreat onto a ship become and uh, your society can just be flying in space and so and and different and and then different plot elements will open up between the between the games and so kind of the goal is to play like a three, a three game arc of arcs uh, where you uh, play through a small story together okay. and that's what he that's what he announced today so um, nice. we just we got into the office this morning and he was like i think today's the day we started talking about it publicly and i was like all right go go right ahead and start talking about." that's it.
0: awesome well i don't want to say people heard it here first but we're, we're on the list <laughs> of one of the first few <laughs> yeah yeah for sure
1: <laughs> uh and and so we're shooting we're sh- like we're, we're gonna shoot for that size of box a 60 dollar game and, okay uh, and then i so then what's happened the fate of voidlich then is either I will eventually split off and make a different 4x game, space game, which doesn't sound very appealing right now, um, since we have this. It's his design's very good, um, so I think what we might do is there are campaigns that are like story packs that you can open up, and I think voyage will just be tagged on as like a the first of those campaigns. Oh, okay. So so we'll change, we'll change the content to fit how arcs works, and then uh, and then and then we'll kind of from there. So. And then uh long term i'm working on for the next year i'll be working on uh dungeon fortress uh which is a game i returned to from earlier um i like i said i just this summer i just came in with the I, a game uh, kyle pitched to me and i tried to get that to work i tried a different slant on it i couldn't get that to work and then i was like i'm running to a lot of concepts from this game i was working on before i met david dungeon fortress and so I just like I'm just gonna prototype it quick one day and see if people like it. And it was m- much better received in the office. So I was like, well, I guess this is what we're working on. Okay. So yeah.
0: What uh you got any other events or locations that you're gonna be seeing at? Like yeah, obviously, I think you guys did Gen Con and
1: No, we did not. You did, we did not. not do Gen yeah, Con. Yeah, we did not because of COVID. I, we just didn't at the time we were making that decision. I didn't want to make I didn't want to do it. Um, and uh I think it seems to me that gen con turned out to be pretty safe i don't i haven't heard any i haven't
0: heard anything any, either i just i heard, haven't heard thought i said heard, heard something about people um you know people were excited about the game at gen con so i just assumed you guys were yeah there. yeah
1: <laughs> no we weren't there uh and i i missed it i was i was very sad i didn't go and then we didn't go to origins i think we're gonna go to pax and plugged at this point we'll see what uh what becomes of that um i still just like if anybody in my company got COVID, i just feel so bad so right we yeah you don't want we to. haven't we haven't been planning on, on traveling. Um, yeah, so that's, that'll be that I'll probably do the local uh, conventions this spring um, and get back to, get back to doing that. We do maintain a TTS set of all of our games. So you can play on tabletop simulator, um, recently just got updated. It's the new one's really cool. The new, the new route set on TTS. You can play one of 50 fan factions, What's that?
0: Tabletop simulator, but the like root I think is on mobile. Yeah, yeah. There's an
1: app, there's an app version of yeah, yeah, should be plugging that. <laughs> uh yeah. It's a little bit it's like just through the otters right now. Okay. So but they are they're working on the rest of the factions right now. And we've sent them an advanced copy of Marauders so Things they can start working on the hirelings and in the yeah. ad, ad set. Yeah.
0: And maybe for the stream, maybe we can get you and some people back and we can play some tabletop simulator oh, that, live oh, that'd on, be cool. on our stream and, and yeah see yeah. see how it works on there. That'd be kind of fun.
1: I finally made peace with tabletop simulator. <laughs> That's good. That yeah. is good.
0: You are yeah. at Leader Games for your company mm-hmm. and you are at Patrick Leader on yep. Twitter. Yep. Uh, you guys have you guys have f- f- presences everywhere. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Yeah. I even saw you have a TikTok page uh a mm-hmm. fun little fun little video on there that i saw i was watching so, i mean you guys are everywhere yeah uh leadergames.com is your website uh, or www I suppose would be you know old school when we have to say that there's a www. in front of it that's when we're we're dating ourselves um I'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, It was fun to chat about your games and those who are here for the live stream, stick around. We're going to answer some, some questions live on the stream. If you have any, feel free to throw them in now. Uh, So Patrick, thanks for joining us and thanks for chatting with us.
1: You're welcome. And thank you. Yeah,
0: no problem. Much appreciated. Everybody who's listening. uh, We do have some other podcast episodes and guests coming up. Of course, Uh, October 18th, we'll be interviewing Jeff Tidball. Uh, He works with Atlas Games, and he just purchased Prolific Games as well recently, and we'll talk all about that. November 1st, we have well-known author of multiple series, Kevin Hearn, will be joining us November 1st, and November 15th, Owen Casey Stevens will be joining us. So make sure to stick around and join us for those episodes. Uh, They're going to be awesome, and I'm very excited for all of them. So, True
1: story. True story. I interned for Jeff. Did you? Yeah, a long time ago.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah yeah so thank you everybody and have yourselves a great night thank you for joining us right here on epic realms well there you are i hope you enjoyed yourselves and i do hope that you come back and join us again for epic realms